Welcome back to episode 31 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. On this episode, we're looking back on the draft. Welcome back to the FPL Draft Hub podcast into international break number two for the season. And it's another chance to get some more feature episodes in and get away from the usual week to week uh, waiver chat. And I'm pleased to be joined again by a familiar voice on the podcast, fellow manager Kieran. Kieran, how are you doing? I'm good, Mitch. How are you? I am very well. Um, it was a long time since we last spoke, pre-season. Lots changed since then. How are you feeling about uh, the season so far? I think um, I'm probably in the same boat as a lot of people, that the international break just came at the wrong time. Things were just hotting up every the the premier league was getting into a good position i felt like same with the draft it's just come at the wrong time things are good yeah i think the last international break um kind of was sort of a welcome little early breather but um yeah i think i agree this time it's uh well, I mean, it really depends where you are in your league and how you've done in the last few weeks, I suppose. But I think for both of us, it's it's probably come at the wrong time. Um, so the reason we've reconvened for this episode is to have a look back on draft day and see with, you know, the benefit of hindsight, how that draft is looking now, how it stands up after eight game weeks. Um so we're going to go through more or less round by round and uh, highlight some winners and losers, some some bargains and some not so great picks. Um, I'll make sure that uh, a copy of our draft, I'm sure it was uh, tweeted out at the time, but I'll make sure a copy of our, of our draft is up on Twitter and wherever else so that you can uh, follow along with us and see where the picks were. Otherwise, they won't make too much sense for you, but you'll still get to hear the chat as we go through it. Um, is that all right with you, Kieran? You ready to go? Yeah, sounds good. Okay, let's get into it. Okay, so shall we start at the top, round one? And just to put it into some context, 10-man snake draft, uh, you were picking in position five and I was picking in position six so more or less our picks were fairly on top of each other Um, and so generally our choices were quite similar as each round uh, came around Um, but anyway looking overall at round one who have you picked there as the, the you know the bargain or the winner from round one (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to start off being uh, quite boastful. Um, I feel like Fernandez in fifth. I'm not saying that this is the pick, but I think Fernandez is uh, the person I picked up. I think for someone who could end up end up as top overall point scorer, it's, it's a really good pick. And then also um, Kane in seventh. I think that's probably the standout one. But I think the thing that will stand... The hangover Kane all season is whether he's going to stay fit and that will that'll hang over him till game week 30. Um, people will be worried that he's going to just suddenly be out for three months or something like that. Whereas it's not not something that we've really come to know from Fernandez, who's just scoring points every week. How about you? Yeah, I mean, 
if we just look at it numbers based, Harry Kane is is obviously the standout. He's the top point scorer in the game at the moment with eighty points. Um, and I think he was always going to get drafted seventh. Really, I don't think um, you know pre season you could have made a case for him breaking into that top six. Um, I saw him drop below seventh in in a few um, in a few drafts, um, but I think at seven he's you know on track to be the top point scorer, providing he stays fit, and so could could prove to be uh, the most obvious uh, bargain there. But I mean, I think I saw him go as low as sort of twelfth, thirteenth pick overall in some drafts. So certainly some some bargains were had. Or had there but yeah as you said the the question mark really remains over his fitness obviously Spurs have had a fairly nice opening run of fixtures as well um, just the the away game at Man United um, on paper was you know the main hard fixture and really the test is coming up between now and Christmas where the rest of the big boys are all on on the Spurs calendar but I think as a Spurs fan, and you know, Son is someone who I'm sure we'll mention in a bit. And you know, they are the two top point scorers so far. As a Spurs fan, looking at the fixtures, um, I'd certainly feel more comfortable with Kane than Son. I think Kane is definitely more equipped to try and you know to at least carry on churning out some some goals during the harder fixtures. Um, you know, not least because he's on penalties and he's pretty lethal from the penalties. Um, but in those tight games, it's, he does still seem to be the guy that's going to pull something out of the hat at the moment. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, he is—he is the top. I think probably the top pick over overall that in that first round. I don't—I don't see him going any higher. Like like you said, I don't know if he edges it over Son. I—it's I, the injury concerns that are just like re- the difficult thing. But it's something that we knew going into the season as well. But he's just with the great run that Spurs have had, he's outperformed all of our probably thoughts of what he could do. Probably forgotten that Kane could do this sort of stuff, um, considering the injuries that he's had last couple of seasons. So it's good to see. Maybe not as a Chelsea fan. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I probably I probably pick him as the probably the one that's that you could trade very uh, very high level. Yeah, for sure. So out of those first ten picks, who have you got down as your loser? I've got a couple of names um, written down, so I'll be interested to see where you went with this. I think it's it's. I think one of the surprise picks of our first round was uh, Werner. Um, not to say that he's not he's not been playing well. Um, not to say that he won't maybe be there. Might, it wouldn't be reasonable that he's in that top ten by the end of the season when we see the points. Um, but it was a surprise to us that he got picked so high when there was still a couple of players to go, a couple of known big hitters. Um, but I think because of the position he was taken in the draft, third overall, for me it's Aubameyang. Um, reasoning being thinking back over the probably like last couple of months I think I had him grouped with your sort of Kane Aguero those sort of like players that and Martial as well that they've got a question mark over injuries or anything like that although Aubameyang hasn't been injured 
it was more so of his age and where there would be a like impending drop off and the same with Vardy I, I would say as well um I grouped him in that similar group uh and as this so I don't think it was wrong to draft him maybe that highly I think as the sort of weeks went on towards the beginning of the season you just you saw him perform game after game at such a high level that you just even in my own draft he started like itching more and more towards the top and since he's signed a ting um he's just not been performing apart from one penalty i think that he scored um so it's been really disappointing and again not to say that he won't he won't have a change of form or anything like that but third overall just it doesn't feel right for Aubameyang. Mm. Yeah, and we've seen that being that you know having a penalty taker is a massive bonus this season. But in order to win penalties, you need to have the ball in the opposition penalty <laughs> area. Um, which you know, Arsenal, whilst it does not pay me to say, have really struggled to to create um, lately. And certainly the focus has been on shoring things up at the other end. But whether that balance has... I think if you ask an Arsenal fan, they they would probably say the balance has definitely shifted slightly too far um, the other way. And they could... I, I reckon, you know, trying to put myself in that kind of... In, in a Arsenal fan's shoes, as dirty as that feels... I could I could get on I could see them being on board with it if they were churning out clean sheets you know if there was the odd nil nil then you could you know at least you can say we have you know we're solid at the back we're not losing games but that performance against Aston Villa was was shocking and I think if you switched you know if you put the Villa players in in an Arsenal shirt and vice versa um, for someone that hadn't really been following the Premier League for a few years, they would kind of say, yeah, that's classic attacking Arsenal. Um, and they just didn't show anything along those lines. I think if anyone is going to, you know, pull something out for them, it, it is going to be a Bamiang. He is still the guy that's got the most quality there. You know, Lacazette, um, Pepe, Williams not really looked quite up to it even though he started off amazingly with three assists in the first match um he still is really the shining light there and I still see him putting up you know a respectable total he's been very consistent since he's come to the Premier League pretty much averaging around 200 points which you know I'd be surprised if he doesn't get there again but it has been a very slow start yeah I'd I'd, I'd be surprised too like I I think you've got to expect Aubameyang to at some point maybe be played centre forward as well. Um, Lacazette and Nketiah haven't done enough to warrant that position. Um, And bringing in a more creative player on the left wing, perhaps whether it's Saka pushed up or whether it's Pepe and Willian playing together, um, that could see Aubameyang's points hauls on the way. But it's just at the moment, like with the players in and around, like... Fernandez already performing, Kane already performing. Like to see about, I don't even know what how many points he scored, but it, since that Fulham game, it's not been great. Yeah, I think he's on around yeah uh, thirty points. Thirty, yeah, thirty points overall, which isn't no, it's not great. Um, so I think I kind of went 
on a similar vein with my pick for the disappointment. Um, I mean, the obvious one, if you were just going on numbers, you could have picked out uh, Anthony Martial, who's only got seven points so far. But that is obviously complicated by the fact he's missed uh, three games through suspension. And, you know, he was picked in ninth overall, which I think most of us would have done. Um, or there or thereabouts, but I think the the one I've penciled in as as the disappointment so far is KDB, um, and that's just because relatively he was picked first overall, which I'm sure he would have um, he would have been one or one or two pick overall in most uh, draft leagues, and he's only got 27 points so far, one goal and three assists. Not you know part of a, a struggling. City attack, uh, missed the penalty against Liverpool, and he's shown you know little glimpses of what we know he can do, but it's not been the kind of you know those real scary runs of performances that we saw him um, put together the last couple of years when he's not injured. Yeah, I think uh, I, would, I would say the similar vein as uh, even though you own him, uh, Sterling, that like neither of them have usually. It, there is someone in that city side that just like takes on the pressure and those two have been known to do it in the in the past just like take on all the pressure of of like getting the goals getting getting the assists all that sort of stuff but this season something just feels a little bit different um whether like i don't know aguero coming back there's just one more senior person in that in that team and then it that sort of works things out for both of them but yeah i, I wouldn't wouldn't disagree with that so I- coming round the corner up into uh, round two where it's always a, a difficult round round two because you know that there are going to be a few real standout um, gems in there that are going to have a massive season compared to some that are going to have a more average season but uh, for me the I mean the clear winner from round two with the 17th overall pick has to be Hyung Min Son and uh, 74 points overall just behind uh, Harry Kane's 80. Um, He's scored eight goals already, two assists. And I can't say he's he's looked the best player because I think Harry Kane has looked the best player. But certainly as an opposition defender, Son is possibly one, you know, if not the, but up there with the scariest players that you can have you know, that you have to face at the moment. Um, you just can't can't play any kind of space behind you. Um, and even if you do drop right off, he's kind of got that ability to, to jink around a little bit and pull something out if he has to. I mean, certainly, like, you know, the teams that press higher, he, he has obviously seen more joy. Um, and I can see the the school of thought about which one of the two is likely to flourish more with the hard fixtures coming up, especially in the next game, uh, home to Man City. You know, they're not going to get 11 men behind the ball. Maybe Son can exploit that as he has done against City before. Yeah, I think uh, as someone who passed up on Son, it's uh, difficult to see him get all these points, uh, especially because... Uh, I think most people do love a bit of Sonny as well. Like he's, he is an exciting player to watch. Um, 
Uh, yeah, I, d- I don't want to just pick the, the top point score- scorers in both the rounds. So uh, <laughs> I do have some other thoughts. So like, I think Ings has been a good pick. I think it's good. It's been, although he's injured now, I think it's been good to see him carry on that form from last year, which obviously always question marks when someone has a really good season, um, whether they will continue it on to this, the next season. Uh, um, just thinking about things like Josh King or someone like that, that had a great season or Ayozo Perez when he had a good run run in with Newcastle and then not able to replicate the season after. So it's good. It's been good to see with uh, Ings. I think Vardy at 15th overall pick considering Leicester seemed to get about three penalties per game um, <laughs> seems like a, like, yeah, astounding pick at 15th. Um, so yeah, those, those are the two that sort of stand out for me uh, other than the obvious. Yeah, I I was delighted to get Vardy. I was devastated. I um, I just I couldn't watching people just pass it and and there's certain players you can see like okay you can understand why someone would pass him up for for Aguero but the two preceding picks were Havertz and Alexander Arnold and just to see him sit there just so close. But yet so far, because I knew he wasn't going to get to me, um, it was devastating. Mm. I'd already made peace that I was um, going to pick up Mares. I just was convinced that that Vardy would have gone uh, the route, you know, the pick before. But uh, yeah, here we are. So I think you just mentioned um, one of my loser picks for round two which is Aguero but I've also got Christian Pulisic's name in there and they're both really in that sick note category aren't they where they just never seemed well certainly at the moment never really seemed to you don't really have confidence that they're going to remain fit for a run of games yeah and then and then they'll come prove us wrong and score like in eight games in a row but then they'll disappear again like it's just yeah i think sick note is a good way to describe a lot of the people uh in this second round um could easily be just like for example maris as well like limited minutes even though it's not due to injury um there's picks in this round that will play all of the time like jimenez i was surprised he went so early he went 12th overall but he's one of the most probably the more guaranteed um, point scorers in the whole round. So you can understand why you went so early. Uh, but yeah, Aguero and Pulisic, it's frustrating. For me, in the low end, Trent 13th, I know maybe it's like controversial, but having, yeah, having not picked up a midfielder in the first round, if, yeah, it felt a bit uh, of that particular player, um, not player, manager, picking up Trent just seemed not the right move. And Vardy was on the table at the time as well. And with VVD out for the season, it does feel like clean clean sheets might dry up for Liverpool. Um, and then you're, just, then you're just relying on Trent from on an attacking standpoint. And not to say that he won't score lots of attacking points, but is he going to break the 200 mark? this season without VVD it's going to be tough yeah I mean in our draft um, TAA Robertson and VVD all went in the first uh, three rounds and it wasn't 
uh, until I think round five before another defender went. Just just glancing over now. Yeah, I think with the benefit of hindsight, if you were to if we were to redraft now, I'm not sure you could really justify any defender getting picked up in the first three or four rounds. Um, but they'll always get picked though, because they're so, like just a big name, right? Um, yeah, but but yeah, I, but I, like you just, said, yeah. in terms of put, you know starting to assemble the pieces even early on, you know if you look like oh, I've, you know I've drafted a midfielder with one of my early picks, you know if you've got a KDB or a Mane, Salah, Sterling, and then you know targeting a, a striker in the next round, I think you know the strikers all you know all get bumped up. Some of the midfielders that ended up dropping to round four would probably get bumped up. And yeah. even getting into rounds four and five, some of the strikers that drifted um, kind of inconceivably looking back into the mid rounds would all get would all get drafted. You know, I think most people would would have at least two of their strikers filled out by the end of round four. Yeah. I think so. I, th- I think you're right, um, but just I'm just saying that some people always always want to pick the na- the big names. But yeah, Trent. Even at the time, I was I was surprised at it, and knowing that um, the season before, I think Trent got uh, drafted at almost ex- identical uh, identical spot, and I was keen to grab Robertson. I think people, a few people behind, probably would have as well. Um, but this season we had quite a big gap to the next defender, which just shows the quality of players available in the second round that were passed up by that manager. So, um, yeah, that's probably the low end person for me. So up and over into round three, then, um, for me, again, seems a bit of an obvious pick, but DCL, I think has to be the winner from this round um not least because he was picked right at the end of that round so he was the 30th overall pick um and i don't think anyone could have you know seen him get the start that he has done uh have been some signs that that's going to start slowing up but i mean there's only been one match where he's not put up a, a goal or an assist so he's got eight goals and one assist already 57 points obviously Everton as a team have performed really well through the opening eight game weeks um but yeah it looks a real real bargain at 30th overall pick yeah totally and to be honest you expect when Richarlison comes back for Everton's form to pick up again um I think they'll be disappointed with the last couple of games and that will see DCL's points rack up again I think um so yeah I think great pick it's this round's more about picking the sort of uh uh low picks um of which my uh one of them is mine which is uh greenwood um but there's a couple to choose from in this round because you've got ali and pogba as well um yeah so greenwood looks out looks out of favor with ollie at the moment but things can change quickly in that like he played not the last game but the one before um yeah, I'm I'm not too worried about dropping him or anything like that just yet. Um whereas Ali and Pogba, Pogba barely in the team and barely a creative force whenever he does play in the because he plays quite deep now and Ali is so far away from that Spurs team. 
Um, it's ridiculous. So uh, it's a toss-up for the for the low end of this round. Um, I, yeah, I'd be interested to hear if anyone's still hanging on to Ali or Pogba. Yeah, I mean, I had the same two names penciled in. The only... So I've gone just about... I've gone Pogba as being the worst one here. Um, only because I just feel like if you if you are still for some reason hanging on to Deli Ali, there is still just this slight wild card element of Mourinho unpredictability where you could just rock you know one Sunday suddenly Deli Ali's back in the starting eleven out of nowhere because he's you know been a good boy in training and. You know, Mourinho's just suddenly got a feel that he's served his time in the doghouse and now he's going to unleash him. Um, slightly wishful thinking on my part there, but I'm not saying that's going to happen, but there is just a slight risk that he's he's a guy you drop into the waiver pile and someone ends up with, you know, a playing Deli Ali who's got Son to his left, Bale to his right and, and Harry Kane sort of, alongside him which you know I think it is still remote at the moment he's probably third or fourth in the pecking order for that spot but I mean it's it's a huge fall from grace and um, you know from looking over other drafts he he went pretty much in a similar um, so where was he in ours it was about the 28th pick yeah overall um, which is about where he went in most people's drafts so you know everyone kind of held similar-ish value to him and I think if I'd been in that spot you know choosing between the likes of him I'm trying to remember where my rankings were but I'm pretty sure I would have picked Deli Ali up in a similar spot yeah I think it's, it's fair that, that, that I think I think Ali there is something still about him but like Pogba it's just that season where he scored crazy points he was on penalties without them and playing deeper, I just don't see. And who knows if he's even going to play that much? So it's, yeah, it's. I think yeah, no, it's a couple of a couple of weird picks. And I think Pogba was Ali was one of those that you weren't no no one on draft day really batted an eyelid like you said, like you just described. Um, but Pogba at the time, we were all just like, what have <laughs> what have you done? And it came from a City fan as well. So. Um, I'm glad that it's vindicated and he is like, he hasn't just turned into a world beer, but yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's move. So we haven't mentioned Ziyech, but that's fine. We'll move on to round four because we can talk about Ziyech on the end of season review when he, <laughs> when he has a, when he has a mad one. But um, yeah, let's move on to round four. Who have you got as your, as your sort of winner from, from round four? Yeah. So winner, uh, I've gone with Hamas Rodriguez. Um, and Grealish are the top two for me. I think both kind of surprise uh, elements. Like, I don't think people expected Hammers to still be able to do the things he's doing. But then I think with Grealish, with Barkley arriving, Aston Villa become like a weird, like weirdly a really good good team, Um, especially against, like we've seen against Liverpool and Arsenal, Um, and a lot of it flowing through Grealish. So... Um, those would be the top two uh, ones for me of that round. Yeah, I had the same. Had the same as well. I don't think there's really much uh, much else to choose from there. And I'll be honest, I was surprised when you picked 
uh, Hamas Rodriguez that high up. I had him um, sort of falling into into the the next round, really sort of round five. But um, yeah, I just well I just... well vindicated. <laughs> yeah, I had my I had my eyes on him, and it's 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 frustrating now. Like like I think at the time I thought I thought people would have rated him higher, and I picked him over. I looked at the strikers available and thought there's like Wood and Mope are still available. And I, I thought I do want to, I do need to pick a striker, but I just rate Hammers over those two. Um, looking back I, and looking at how um, people rated Hammers, I think he could have probably still been hanging around by the time it got back, snaked back round to me. Um, so I was a bit frustrated that I didn't, I picked him maybe too early, but seeing his performances and seeing how he'll probably continue doing that, um, it doesn't matter. I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah, he might well have been. And I think also he was, was he, we had a placeholder for him, didn't we? Yeah. uh, So he wasn't in the game. Yeah. Which is, you know, just kind of slightly pushes him off um, people's radars as well. So yeah, he may well have, come back round but still it's definitely a a deserving pick there in the fourth round um the loser i've picked out is pepe um <laughs> 13 points so far doesn't look like uh he's getting a start in the premier league at the moment although if things need to shake up he, he could be someone that gets a go but from even from the games he has played he's not not looked that great which is you know I think lots of people were expecting this to be his breakout season after a bit of a an introduction last year but haven't quite seen it yet um so yeah he was my poor pick from round four who did you have I, th- I think in all of these rounds there's just a couple of options that's just like severely underperforming I think Pepe yeah it's a g- good example um even for like so Pepe was uh 33rd overall so yeah one of the higher picks in the round and then Foden just before him I think he's it's probably a knock-on effect from Man City just not performing at the moment but I think we expected bigger things from him like you said of KDB um this season uh not had many points to his name and also I think Wood um I was just having a look 18 points overall I know he he does have sometimes problems with injuries. Actually, he's played every game. Um, one goal so far. Uh, you'd expect maybe when Burnley, now they've got me and Tarkovsky back to go on a bit of a run, but he was one of the players I was looking at um, to pick overall uh, instead of James Rodriguez. And I would be devastated with that return. Like, it's just, it's been really bad so far from Burnley as a whole, but Wood is part of that. Yeah, I... I worry for Burnley. I think they're going to have a real, a real tough season, and they've just not really changed their team now in in a few years. Um, you know, they're all getting a little bit older. Everyone's getting a bit wiser to how they're going to set up. And apart from McNeil, there isn't really anyone else that can create something out of. Well, Jay um, Jay Rodriguez, actually, to be fair, they're probably only two that can sort of conjure something out of nothing if if there is a real tight game but just not really seen enough of those two so yeah I think Wood's just suffering as you say from a more general uh, Burnley issue rather than him you know he's, it's not like he's he's getting chances every week that he's missing 
Yeah, I, th- I think uh, I think you must be uh, loving life with your predictions. Um, a couple of weeks ago, City not avoid. I think you had them in like fourth or something, and they've just not carried on, not performing. And uh, same with Burnley, you had them. I think maybe relegated. So uh, uh, it's looking good for your predictions so far. Yeah, I had Burnley in eighteenth, I think. So yeah, just just yeah. into the relegation, but. Yeah, so okay. let's let's go to the fifth round. So, um, who's your who's your winner here? Fifth round. I'm just looking, reminding myself. wasn't It's not a doesn't really set the world on fire this round. <laughs> <laughs> this but, is where you, um, this is where you're getting now, though. Like it's it's people like players that are too good that you you need to take a punt on and just see if they start the season. Because um, yeah, like that. Like for example, Saint Maximan or something something like that. If he starts the season on fire, it, you're, you're laughing, but he could easily sit on the bench for six weeks. It's it's these sort of players in this round, I feel like. Oh, even though it's, that's sixth round, but yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think based on what we've seen, um, barring that that strange uh, omission from the squad against Spurs, Neil Mopé is objectively the, the bargain here. But just from... My kind of feeling on draft day, I think I'm Rick Laporte at the top of of the fifth round. Even though, um, you know, he's missed quite a few games already. He had COVID at the beginning, and then he he picked up an injury. But I think with him, um, him and Diaz as a as a kind of unit, I think they are going to pick up quite a few clean sheets. And so I think Laporte there could end up being the bargain. So I like him there. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to say. Mopé is, is the better pick. I think for him to be scoring sort of one in two at the moment is 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 a kind of good, you know, if you if he was setting himself a target, if he can score in one in two games in the Premier League then then you know, they're doing well. So I've given it to him. What about you? Um I think Mopé as well. I think I was like I said, him and Wood were the two that I was deciding between um when I picked Hamas Rodriguez. So um, I could. Is there definitely was the right place to pick him, and I think it's like like we've been saying, it's it's been vindicated that pick. It's he's been performing a good level. He's probably the last of the sort of um, like well performing strikers that are going to play every week. Uh, yeah, I think in in the group, like I think before, after that, I was thinking like. I pick, I picked Abraham or like there's an, uh, there's Antonio like of of around those picks um who I didn't didn't aren't going to play as much um or maybe be shoved out to the wing whereas Mopes like plays every week and scores goals so I think it's it's I think really the best pick of the round. Yeah and who did you have as your your worst pick from round 5? I mean you can just take your pick like <laughs> Um, William, apart from that game against Fulham, has not been performing. We've got Triore that that seems to only be used in the last twenty minutes of games by Nuno for some like he just never really gets a start. And now they've got Semedo, who uh, seems to play every game a right wing back as well. Um, yeah, this this round is this round is hard. I think. Traore yeah, yeah, at I mean, the moment. Traore's got zero goals, zero assists so far, which is pretty poor for him. 
Yeah, I think it's just like he just doesn't have that connection with that. There, there were some game weeks last 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 year that him and Jimenez would be up up top together. There'd be some that he'd play right wing back. Like he'd, there'd be some games that he started, and it just feels like he's just just been shoved aside a little bit um, for a preference of Podence and Neto. Yeah, I had Bernie Silver as my worst pick. Um, Interesting in this round. Just, I think we're used to seeing Bernie Silva as uh, as an alternative to Mares in that kind of to the right of of the striker position, but that doesn't really seem to be where he's going to be used from now on. Because Ferran Torres looks like he's going to be that kind of alternative on on the right, and we're seeing um, Bernie Silva kind of you know as one of that midfield three. But I just don't like. I just don't love the look of him in that three. So just from a footballing perspective, I think he's far better in one of those more advanced spots. And just from an FPL perspective, he's he's not the kind of guy that's going to do what KDB does and really, you know, rake those through balls and smash one in from the edge of the box. I always saw him as more someone that likes to get in and around those, those full backs and, so yeah, I think he's he's a disappointing pick there. And again, he's someone that I think if I'd picked him there, I'd have thought I'd probably got a bargain. Um, you know, kind of midway in the fifth round based on what we've seen him do before. So yeah, I'm not uh not really excited by Silver. And probably like the element of David Silver leaving, you're thinking, okay, so he's going to at least eat up half of those minutes because they haven't really bought a replacement for him. And then he'll have his the the minutes that he's already been playing. So, yeah, high, there were high expectations for him, but I don't know. I, th- I think he's seen somewhat as like a safe option in in midfield. Um, you got KDB actually the one that's like threading through the passes, but Bernardo when he plays in midfield, I don't know. It just feels like a safe pair of hands. But they already have like Hundawan to do that. Um, yeah, would like to see him play further forward, but then. Yeah, they've now got Ferran Torres who's been performing quite well and he's keeping Mares out. I don't, yeah, I don't know why Mares wasn't about in the last game, but yeah, just just the the city is all, city uh, forwards are always a gamble, um, but usually they're a gamble that still like perform and get loads of points. It just doesn't feel like it's happening this season. Yeah, like you used to be completely satisfied if you had Sane getting 20 minutes off the bench you know just to add like the fourth and fifth goals in a 5-0 win 100%, 100%. and like this this is like this is the reason why I picked up Abraham this season because I know I know that he's not gonna he's clearly the second potentially I was worried that he might even be the third choice um by behind Giroud but someone who's going to come on for 20 minutes with this Chelsea attack I'm pretty. I'm. I'm all right with. And plus, he'll get the odd start here and there. And he has been starting um, due to the Pulisic injury. So, yeah, like I think Chelsea have kind of overtaken that as like a really attacking side. Um, but yeah, with with City, it just doesn't. It's not the same as it has been before. Okay, into round six then, and another round which feels pretty similar to round five. Again, nothing. Nothing too exciting here. Um, I went for 
Kyle Walker is the bargain here, but I mean, he's, it doesn't really seem like a bargain. It's just numerically he's got the most points. It's about a fair place for him to go in the draft. He'd probably get drafted in a similar-ish spot if we were to draft again today. And he's, you know, I guess performing pretty much as we'd expect. Yeah, Walker's been good. I think the best thing that's that for Walker has been that the City left-backs look like utterly guff. And that means that there's been no competition from Cancelo on his side, really, um, which would have been a worry of like in terms of his minutes and things like that. He's he's been rotated since his Spurs days. Um, he doesn't really get that many minutes on the board, but this season could be different. Um, so yeah, he's 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 up there. I think Digne is a good good pick uh, in the sixth round. Um, they yeah, they just look like a better side this 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 season Everton do um as we've said before yeah that's it like D- yeah Dine Dine looks good so I think it's between those two for me mm-hmm. um I think the loser's gonna have to go to my pick I don't know about I don't know what you had but I <laughs> I Ozzy Perez who's been you know a loyal soldier for my draft team over the last few years is just well, he just wasn't cutting the mustard and he's rightly lost his spot in the team, possibly even in the squad, the way they've they've set up the last couple of games. Um, he's probably now third choice for for that right-sided spot behind um, under uh, Pratt, maybe even fourth. He could even chuck Albrighton in there as well. He's just not doing anything. Um, and just, yeah, it looks really disappointing. So... Yeah, I'm going to have to take that one on the chin. Definitely the disappointing pick there. Who did you have? I mean, so uh, we, I think we've mentioned before that we have a rule that you can pick um, players that might come into the Premier League or or are already at a club, but they're not loaded into the game yet. So m- my pick of Sancho isn't looking too good either. Uh, but if we're, if we're discounting uh, those sort of picks... Um, Perez but also I, even though it's, it's yeah difficult to see because uh, Leicester have so many good attacking talents it was always possible with Perez and I think that's why he went in the sixth round um, I think another one is for me is Azpilicueta and we actually by uh, <laughs> sort of Telling telling the manager like what have you done by picking him? He actually ended up with Reese James later in the draft, and I think it and unless you're gonna handcuff them like that, it just felt like and you will get the odd clean sheet from Aspilicueta as well, but it just felt like the wrong thing this early on. This seemed like a drafting Aspilicueta at, at previous seasons levels where he does get Chelsea do get the clean sheets, which it's not guaranteed anymore, um, but also that he plays every week and neither is the case anymore. So I thought that was a, that was an interesting early pick of him. Um, just seeing if there's anyone else. Uh, Juan Bissaka probably early as well, but I think Azpilicueta probably for me. Yeah. Fair enough. Cool. So. Should we go with you in the seventh round? So who do you, who do you have as, as top pick? Top pick for me uh, is Che Adams. Um, he's got three goals, three assists, 41 points, which, you know, the strikers that started to go around this territory, as we'll see for the, some of the disappointing picks, you know, 
there's some real chalk and cheese picks. And I think Che Adams went probably around too late. If you look at um, some of the midfield, you know, we had Ayu, even Perez, we were just talking about um, all going before Che Adams, which, you know, I think we knew he was going to be uh, a regular starter against uh, next to Danny Ings. But, and we've seen him play well, but not really do much for FPLs. And, you know, obviously he's overshadowed a lot by Danny Ings, but... Um, Considering people were starting to gamble, people such as yourself, on strikers that are not necessarily going to be starting 11, he was a great pick here. And now that Ings is injured, he's going to have to real st- really step up and be be the main man. But, you know, he's looked, he passes the eye test. He looks good. It's just he needs to just stick a few more of his of his chances away, really, to, to get into the next bracket. Yeah, and I think that's probably what turned me off like him. That you just I didn't I didn't want to get too caught up with the performances during um project restart. Um and I think that's the reason probably I didn't even though I think Antonio is a really fun player to watch, works hard for the teams, really good player, but like again, like project players that performed really well during that eight week period, I didn't necessarily want to take that as how like how good they are or their level and Adams for weeks before that had just kept missing chances and not performing well enough and that kind of crept into my thinking but he's started the season really well and now with Ings injured he's the main man in a Southampton side that have grown into the season as well they were top for a day um yeah I think I think it's obvious that that's that's one of the best picks of the round um I don't think there's anything really close to that um, yeah, and then we can talk about uh, worst picks of the round. I think um, my own pick of Ian Nacho was akin to the Perez pick the round before. I felt like I felt uh, that's one where I did get caught up a little bit in Project Restart. I Leicester played him and Vardy up top together a lot towards the end of the last season with three at the back, um, and I just felt like they might be tra- sort of transitioning to that. Um, yeah, it just it just felt like a, a place to pun and it's it's not worked out at all. They're barely even playing and um seems like cup striker at best at the moment. Um Hernandez, considering all of the sort of chat preseason about how he was such a key player in that lead side, um, got drafted here and he's not been performing either. And Rodriguez as well, like quick quickly been thrown away um i know he, he had a slight injury but he's been jay rodriguez has been thrown away by sean dyche who just seems to have all the forwards but none of the creative uh players but i think i'll give oh to be honest this this round is this this is this is punt territory you just you're just hoping these players get a start and start performing like saka as well playing left wing back when the person who drafted him probably thought that he's going to be playing hopefully further forward or maybe as a creative force in that side. It's just not been happening. So yeah, I'll give that award to myself, but yeah, lots of not great picks in that round. Yeah, I think, yeah, I agree with everything you said. I'll, I'll just I'll reserve judgment on, on Rodriguez a bit longer because I just feel like they're going to have to 
turn to him and give him a little go in the team if things carry on um, as they are. Like I said, I think him and McNeil are really the only... I mean, to be honest, maybe even just him in isolation is the only one that can really just magic something out of thin air if they're in a nil-nil-nil, one-one, real tight game. I don't really see where, you know, a goal out of the Blues coming from in that team. I know, obviously... Cross into the box. That's what Wood and Barnes are there for. But you know, if it's one of those days where that's just not working. He's he's the guy that's going to get him a goal. So um, yeah, I still think he'll he'll put some decent points up. Um, yeah, he likewise, did. you know, Ianacho. Go on. Yeah, I was going to say that he did it against Chelsea last season. So I I definitely remember that he he can he can do that. Um, and yeah, Burn- Burnley. I just, just, I was just watching it today. Like nineteen shots against against Brighton. Um, they, they, they really do need to find something. But yeah, go, go on with Ianacho. Give it, yeah, Ianacho. Me. I mean, I'm sure he will. He'll find his way into people's teams over the season. Vardy will pick injuries up. He'll, he'll have little niggles. He'll be out for a couple of weeks here and there. And naturally, Ianacho is just a like for like, you know, player you can count on to step in and. Um, so I'm sure he will. He'll get the odd point here and there. But the way they're setting up at the moment, yeah, like I said, it's, it doesn't look likely that there's going to be many where the two of them start next to each other, especially with the way they're playing, working pretty well as they're sitting top of the league at the moment. Yeah. Now on to the next round, I think. Um, mm-hmm. What? Uh, who do you have here as as best pick? Um, I think it's an easy one. I think it's going to have to be your pick, Ben Chilwell. Yes. Um, I will after, give... Yeah, go on. What's that? I was going to say, after like an utterly terrible pick, it's good to know that at least I'd sorted out the next couple of rounds. But yeah, go, go yeah. on. I want it, well, I'll say I'll give an honourable mention to... Um, Castagna? Timothy Castagna, yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, he's now missed a couple of games. Um, he would have, I mean... Well, who's who's to know what would happen? But had he played last game, that would have been another clean sheet for him, and he'd have been, you know, up there points wise with with uh, Chilwell. But I think it's important to note that Chilwell's points are from just five games. He missed the, op- you know, didn't play the opening three matches. Um, he's looked to be one of Chelsea's more consistent performers each match. Got that massive. FPL Hall in the Palace game when he first came in with 18 points which kind of skews things a little bit but you know I think he's kind of he's good for it he's putting performances in which put him up there amongst the defenders in FPL this year I've said to you already that I think he will be up there in the top three come the end of the season providing you know he doesn't doesn't miss any more games but um He's getting forward loads. He puts a great cross. He's on corners, isn't he? I think. Yeah, I think that Chelsea do change it, change them up. So like sometimes it's yeah. Mount, sometimes it's it's uh, him, or uh, yeah, I think increasingly it'll be uh, Ziyech as well taking them. So yeah, don't know how much of the set I mean, pieces will stay with him, but go on. To be honest, he's he's doing what what Alonso's done for you know for his time at Chelsea and and just getting into that back post position to you know to try and score goals he's he's kind of he's equally interested in getting into that back post area as he is putting crosses in and providing 
Um, which kind of shows because he's got two goals and two assists. So he's kind of balancing out his output at the moment. Um, and defensively, I think Chelsea looked better with him than than the other options. And yes. that's, you know... Alonso is, is, has been a, a real great FPL performer for, for years now. And I think we're just seeing that that position really is where the value is, more, you know, more than necessarily the personnel it's just a very productive productive position in a team that that uses their fullbacks well yeah and I think with and and this was definitely a a reason why I was I was keen to pick him up and I was surprised he actually was in in the pile that late um with Reese James on on the opposing flank crossing and also Ziyech as well um I anticipated that there would be a lot of times that the ball would just get missed by everyone and there'd be their chill world, which is hanging out on the far post. So that was a consideration and it seems to be paying dividends so far. Um, I think the key thing to like so far this season is that Chelsea defense with Thiago Silva looks much improved. So yeah, if that seems, if that does trend does continue, um, I think chill will be up there with one of the top performing defenders. Definitely. So, um, Worst pick, I think, is a fairly easy one in this round, which is uh, Bergwijn. Um, the only surprised caveat I'm adding to it... Sorry? I'm surprised you picked that. Well, I think the caveat is that he may have been picked with a very um, short-term focus, which was, you know, that we had some fairly nice opening fixtures um, and despite Gareth Bale having been brought in it was clear he wasn't going to start for a while and it was going to be either him or Lucas Mora getting that other spot um, to the right and I think people including myself didn't really see Lamella as being like a third wheel in that rotation but they've pretty much um shared that role and none of them have done it particularly successful uh done it particularly successfully so um and he's not looked quite as good or as sharp as he did when he first came in uh, in january um so he's definitely going to be as it stands the guy that's playing on thursday nights at the moment so yeah i'm gonna have to give that that to him who have you gone for well, to be honest, it was, it was close. Uh, but I think McBurney was for uh, for me. Like it's just you should you know what you're getting with the Sheffield United strikers. Um, and Nothing. Yeah, yeah. Like that the, they are going to be rotated and and long stretches out of the team, only coming on for twenty minutes. And it, in the eighth round, it just felt a bit high um, to be to be picking him up. I know the striker pool is. It's not great at that point, but it still felt uh, too high for him. I think in terms of striker options, Sheffield might be bottom for me. I think I'd (laughs) rather have a striker from... In terms of FBO, I think I'd rather have any of the other strikers, team by team, even West Brom. I mean, Fulham, you'd rather have Mitrovic. West Brom, I'd rather have Grant. Burnley, you'd rather have any of, of their front three. Yeah, because there's some consistency um, with all the other teams, but with with uh, Sheffield United, there's just a lot of strikers, 
and all of them play a bit of time. Um, he does. That's one of the few positions he does seem to mix things up, game to game. And the reason he mixes it up is because no one ever has a decent run of form. There's no standout player that just like puts a you know stakes a claim to the spot. So naturally, they they will get rotated. Although McBurney seems to be the one generally that that gets the more consistent minutes, but he's just. He's not a great striker, really. Yeah, I think it's just to me. It's, I think it's just too early for him. But yeah, somewhere else he might he might actually be all right. Um, but yeah, with the rotation and that sort of thing, not not working for me. Um, but yeah, on to the ninth round. Um, what are your thoughts on uh, top pick? Ninth round, yeah. So again, I've gone slightly boring I've just gone with the numbers I think Pablo for nows is is a pretty surprising um pretty surprising performance so far 42 FPL points coming from uh, a few a few big hauls he's essentially got 31 of those points from three games um you know West Ham have been surprisingly good so far this year he's got and he's got two goals and three assists so far I mean, he he personally hasn't looked amazing, um, but the team, the eleven, is very much set now. They're having success with it, and he's been a he's been a decent part of it. So, I think for a round nine pick, forty two points so far is is well above par. Yeah, I think the only thing that I would discount against him and Yota uh, uh, Jota, who was also picked in. Um, this round is that they they didn't perform like they're the sort of players that gets go in and out of your team as shown by four hours was dropped um jota was dropped by the person who drafted him um by another manager and then the person who drafted him again um so like it, it they're the sort of players that go in and out of your team and then i don't know if you can really rate them that highly on uh <laughs> their performances so far um but I, so for me, it was more, um, I think Sice has, uh, was a, I'm going to pick myself, even though I traded him. Um, uh, I think that that was a really good, a good pick. Wolves have looked consistent um, with their clean sheets. They obviously had a good run, but it's not a given that they'll get the, actually, no, he's, he's missed the last few games as well. That's oh, what that's, I was going to say. If we, if yeah. we had a draft day today. Yeah, he, he would um, drop out of it, wouldn't he? Oh. So, yeah, okay. I mean, he might not even he might not even be drafted. Get drafted, yeah. But okay, so he started off the season. It's still, it's still thirty eight points yeah. from from his opening yeah, six games. It's better than, better than most. I think there's a fair point though. Like just remembering that is he did go off start off with a stormer and Wolves did defense did look good. But I'm starting, yeah, I, I, Nori looks like he's a he's going to be playing that left back slot maybe f- going forward, and then I don't know if. I don't know what they're going to do because they've, they've got Mar- Markel, Sice and Kilman maybe all going for that centre-back spot. But yeah, okay, that's just changed, yeah. my, changed my opinion. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Roman Sice might, must be like looking around. He must be like, right, I'm, I'm settled, left <laughs> centre-back. I'm doing yeah. great. And yeah. then managers like our oh, left wing backs, you know, we've got a bit of a gap there. Do you mind uh, filling in? He's going filling in. Yeah. He's like, yeah, yeah, no worries. Gets up there, looks good, scores goal opening game. Um, you know, then Kilman comes in to fill his spot, um, starts playing an absolute 
blinder, then they actually get their decide that the left wing back they signed is decent enough for a game. And Sice is left there in kind of no man's land with the two guys he's there to, you know, that were there to help cover him who are suddenly just performing too good to drop. Yeah, I'd, yeah. It's And I don't know whether that means that he'll he'll rejoin that. Uh, I don't know. Like, I, th- I really do feel like Markel will, is brought in as a, was brought in as a left wing back cover and, and potentially sharing that spot with Sice. I think Kilman's just come in out of the blue and just performed really well. I think it's just given probably Nuno a headache about what to do. But yeah, so okay, that changes things. Maybe it is just Fornells um, in this round, even though he did get dropped. Um, yeah, I'll, go, I'll stick with that. What about uh, the low end? Uh, low end, I think, it de- I mean, depending on whether or not we include the, the punts, obviously... Koulibaly never, never, <laughs> never materialised. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. there's obviously, but I think you know, given that we're into the later rounds now, I can sort of, I can forgive that. Yeah. So um, it's going to have to be Charlie Austin. Yeah, who did who um, did, did did look like that he was going to play more. So he did he did get good good minutes last season. So surprised that he's not getting more game time. Actually, I mean, you say more game time, but he's played zero Premier League minutes. I mean, it's oh. just any game time. Maybe I, I saw um, him in a cup game or something, but yeah, I, I, yeah. But zero is, Premier League minutes this season. What, what could be like? Is is he just not good enough for this level anymore, or what? Like, I actually think he's quite fun to watch, but yeah, just not been given any minutes. Damn. Yeah, I mean, you'd certainly think the number of games that they're obviously trailing late on. I mean, they drew a couple. They drew nil nil to Burnley. 1-1 to Brighton. You'd think chucking Charlie Austin with 20, 15 minutes to go at the end is an absolute no-brainer. But, um, yeah, not not to be for him. So I think he's he's got to be my my standout poor pick there. Who Did you go the yeah. same? Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking yeah. with the same. Yes, it's, it's, it makes sense. I think, let's, yeah, let's just move on to the next round to speed through these last few ones. Yeah, um, I mean, round 10, I'll let you take because it's the easiest one, I think, for the winner here. Uh, I'm just, I'm quickly looking through. I think uh, James looks like, or no, okay, well, there's an obvious one here. Bamf- <laughs> it's, it's Bamford. Um, it is, just, it just, is Bamford, correct. Yeah, who's just, uh, who's just gone off to a, got off to a stormer. Um, yeah, like I think Rodrigo came in for maybe 30 million and that skewed everyone's opinion of what would happen there. And Bamford's just stuck stayed with that spot and whenever Rodrigo does play it's usually come in conjunction with Bamford so he's not only looked good for the spot but he's been scoring goals so a great pick up in the 10th round yeah 94th overall pick I mean that's uh you can't do much much better than that I mean my only issue is reminds me very much of me drafting Timu Puki last year and, you know, this time last year, you know, kind of eight game weeks in, I, I don't have the numbers, but I'm pretty sure it must have been a fairly similar kind of um, similar-ish output because that opening run is pretty much where he scored all of his points for the season. Um, you know, new new striker up into the league. So that's the, I mean, I'm saying that in a in a, 
cautionary tale kind of way because it's just a question now whether Leeds can keep up this this style. I mean, we you know championships obviously a long slog, but they are doing a hell of a lot of running in these games, and you know we're seeing very mixed results with it. There's the games that they're they're fully up for. Um, you know, the Man City game stands out. I know it was only one-one, but that game was just so open. Um, not really seen Premier League game like that. Well, I can't remember a Premier League game like that. You know, you see that in the kind of last ten minutes of games, but that was like from kind of thirty, forty minutes onwards. It was just like a basketball match. Um, so, you know, I mean, they are carving out chances and lots of Leeds fans at pre-season were saying Bamford's just not a good enough finisher to stick them away. Um, and you can kind of see glimpses of that sentiment, but they are carving out so many chances that yeah, even yeah, if he's only sure. sticking half of them away, he's, you know, and we are, you know, because we've seen him miss some sitters already this season and he still managed to score seven. So... They're not entirely wrong, but yeah, they're just carving out so many chances that he's inevitably he's going to score a few. Yeah, totally. Um, I th- yeah, agreed. Um, he does he does miss some chances, but I think he's been a really good pick. I think hearing some of your uh, words, a different manager might hear them uh, and uh, be keen to maybe move him on. Uh, but the manager that has Bamford in our league will not be trading uh, him or anyone for that matter. He's, he loves his players. Um, as, oh, I'd be exactly the same. I mean, yeah, as, as yeah. you know, I kept Pookie, yeah. I kept Pookie I mean, all you, season. Yeah, you said it on the draft even. You, you, not the draft, you, on the pod, one of the pods last season, I remember you saying like uh, how you could maybe sell high, uh, but it would be a brave manager that has to do that. And it, I th- Yeah, I think it's the same with Bamford. You have to be very brave. Definitely. But yeah. But yeah, okay, so on to the uh, sort of losers of the round. I don't think you have any arguments about Bamford. <laughs> uh, uh, there's my pick that's Stevens, um, but also I think Milivojevic. Uh, Stevens, because Sheffield don't look great so far this season, but also because of injuries, he's now tucked into a left centre-back role. And we've got used to their sort of, the sort of side centre-backs um, marauding forward, but it just doesn't really seem to be happening this season so that's uh one downside for him but then also Milivojevic just completely dropped from the Palace side um doesn't look close to that starting 11 doesn't look good enough for it um yeah gone are the days that Zaha would get knocked over and he would smash in a penalty um it does feel quite far away from that now yeah and he's got more red cards so far than goals or assists which kind of you know seems quite fitting really which is yeah and i even thought this at the beginning of the season because i felt like he wasn't gonna um get a start and while i was trying to formulate a trade with the manager um he was like yeah of course you want millie and i was like no. <laughs> i just i just all at the time thought he was he wasn't a uh a known starter but it's just the macarthur mccarthy partnership back from the Wigan days seems to be working a treat for Palace I don't think there's any breaking into it yeah I mean it's no uh, no Chavi and Iniesta but it's it's doing the job <laughs> for him <laughs> um, so yeah I'm sure they'll they'll carry on with that um, 
I mean, looking at the last five rounds, I don't know if you want to take these more. Yeah, we can as a as a whole. Um, yeah, for sure. Just because I mean, picking losers in these rounds doesn't. It feels yeah. a bit a yeah. bit off because you're getting very much into into punt territory. Hundred um, percent. And the and the decent scorers are keepers, which is which is fair enough when they're all going to score pretty similar amounts. Um, yeah. I mean, of some obvious losers, just to start, just to pick a few out. I mean, they're really um, being grouped just because managers have backed players that have either lost their starting spots or even been signed to a different league. You know, you've got like Vinagre for Wolves. Yeah. There's um, Alonso and Rudiger for Chelsea, who've obviously fallen out of favour. Um even you know, even me picking uh, Leicester's Ricardo Pereira in the thirteenth round. You know, the draft day was obviously too early to be to be picking him up. Um, any others that stand out for you in terms of losers for these later rounds? To be honest, someone like Vinagre was someone that I think even on draft day, a lot of people knew that he. There were rumours that he was going to go, and the manager clearly had just hadn't picked up on those. Um, but yeah. Uh, to be honest, there's not, nothing really here that's um, surprising. The only one I th- I thought was was a the Kepper pick in round twelve. I was surprised for a manager to go for Kepper, knowing that there were rumours circulating of um, a new goalkeeper for Chelsea, and if if they were going to go in on Kepper to go all in and get Caballero as well. Um, I was expecting um, just in case that a new keeper didn't sign and then you have at least one of the starting ones because it's not like Chelsea were going to sign a keeper and then uh, if they they didn't sign one, it was guaranteed that Kepa would have number one starting spot. So I was surprised to see that pick, especially when it wasn't handcuffed with Caballero. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so any winners then from these later rounds? As I said, there are there's a few keepers that sort of stand out, like Fabianski and um, Martinez. But um, anyone else that's that sticks out for you? Um, okay, so I th- I think Lamptey in the fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Um, even though he's, I don't think he's he's not scoring a lot because Brighton do even though they have like the tallest defense ever known to any team ever um they don't seem to um get that many clean sheets um but he just seems to be in and around the box at every opportunity and i think even though he's only got 29 points so far he's playing every game and he's like i said in and around the box so you're expecting more points from him um i think walker peters is another another good one um there i'm trying to see if any anyone else yeah Yeah, i think going back to lamptey i think 29 points is probably slightly disappointing based off of the fortune in play because you know yeah i know trossard's had a few standout games but generally he's he's been their man of the match whenever he's played um he's been unfortunate that he's he's had to come off early in a couple of games which yeah, um, I was devastated. There was, yeah, yeah, there was that game against Newcastle where just, he came off on fifty-seven, and if if he'd have got to the sixty-minute mark, yeah, 
Um, he'd have, you know, got the extra point. He'd have probably been in for the bonuses. Yeah. Um, came off at half time against Everton. So, you know, he's been a little bit unlucky. He's probably slightly shortchanged in terms of what what he should have. But, um, yeah, he's he's definitely someone that, that uh, I picked out. Um, I think, yeah, it was that yeah. Newcastle game where he was, like, kicked to shit by about, like, six different people. Um, and then he had to go off be- just before the clean sheet mark. Um, yeah, devastating. Mm-hmm. That was the same match that um, Basuma got studded in. The f- was it? No, it wasn't no, he, Basuma. He, Basuma yeah. did it. Basuma studded um, Lewis. Lewis in the face. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was a good one. Suchek's a big, uh, a good pickup, but uh, did get dropped because of West Ham's run. Um, but he's he looks like, especially with West Ham's run coming up, looks looks to be a good, uh, good player. Anyone else? Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that, you know, much of these later rounds look look very much like the late rounds of a draft. People just filling yep. in the gaps, um, getting their second keepers in um, or getting that, that fifth defender or, or midfielder. I mean, there's some good names that have gone in this round, you know, likes of Tarkovsky, um, Dunk, Coleman, who've not, you've probably underperformed um, so far. Who could have ended up being massive bargains if, if uh, if things had gone a little bit differently. But otherwise, it all looks pretty much as yep. the end would look. Yep, totally. And to round off the pod, do you want to do a quick verses of our picks, considering we drafted on top of each other? Fifth and sixth. Yeah. Let's have a just, look. Just see how. Just see if if uh, we uh, we would change our mind on draft day, whether we would have picked the person before us, or you know something like that. And we can mm-hmm. start. We can start at the top even with uh, my pick of Fernandez first and Sterling for you. If if you were drafting, if you had with the with the value of hindsight, if you could go back. Would would you um, and you had fifth pick? Would you pick Fernandez? Do you think? With the benefit of hindsight, yes. But as I said on the day, I think I probably would have bottled it um, had I been fifth and and gone for Sterling. Even though all of my prep told me to pick Bruno fifth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, for, for yeah, me, I probably would have bottled it. I think that like it's a it's a good good start for for me in the verses I think uh Sterling is consistent over the last few seasons we know what he can do um but it's just the fact that it feels like everything good about Man United goes through Fernandez and you you don't see like a 2-0 result um where uh, for Man United where Bruno isn't involved he's just he will get an assist somewhere. He'll get like, it's just always the case. So I think that's why he edges that matchup for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But obviously if I was drafting with the benefit of hindsight, I'd take Harry Kane. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. yeah, but no, you, you, you can have that win. Um, Next up, Mares versus Vardy. Um, I think the fact that I was, I was, I was hoping for Vardy to, to be available for me 
Um, even though I knew it wouldn't happen, I think it, this has to be for Vardy, uh, even on just on that basis. But then the fact that he's been smashing in a penalty per game, um, it's obvious that he's, it's, it's been his season so far. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll take that win and move on. And now we get to Greenwood and, and Ziyech. Greenwood, who's... I think, this is, I think this is an easy win for me again. <laughs> I think it is, even though I think there have been multiple times when you've you've messaged me to, to swap between them. Um, Ziyech just has performed really well over the last couple of weeks. Um, and Greenwood's been out of the team, but I'm, I'm anticipating a run at some point where he'll start smashing goals in again and he'll get more point, like an extra point than he did last season as well for each goal so yeah it's disappointing um that he's not been he's not kicked on yet but but yeah that's that's gotta be the edge mm-hmm. i think then you get you level things up in the next round james rodriguez against lacazette no no brainer there and you just you just wanted to see lacazette to like kick on um finally they're like they've been I know they're really good friends, but like you expect them to like formulate a really good partnership on the pitch, but they just <laughs> it just doesn't happen. And and he scores a screamer every now and then, um, but then then has it started off great, yeah, seven it, points and a goal every first three games, seven seven seven, like lucky slots in Vegas, yeah. and then we've had absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, then. so we'll see. Maybe that as Arsenal's fortunes turn around, it will be the same for him. Um, but yeah, at the moment, it looks like Hammers there. Next round, Abraham uh, versus Antonio. What are your thoughts there? Uh, pretty even. I mean, they've both literally got they're both on twenty-seven points, so not actually anything to choose between them. Um, I think. I think I'm. Ha- I. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that's pretty much a draw. I think Antonio does get injured and could potentially be shoved out wide and Abraham I've drafted him knowing he's going to be like a sort of impact player um in that Chelsea forward line so uh, yeah uh, if, if it's all right with you I think draw maybe in that one go on then go on go, then go but, on you then. know how many times has <laughs> has Tammy scored four goals in a Premier League game yeah that's, but how, that's yeah, all but... I would say that's all I would say <laughs> <laughs> uh, firstly not this season but also uh it was against a norwich side that were just oh my god they're just so bad and they just resigned at that point um whereas tammy's done it against a a, a wolf side so you know uh, scored yeah. a hat trick against them so yeah anyway well let's leave we can leave Norwich alone we shouldn't speak here if we're dead so, um, <laughs> um, we'll call that one a draw and I think um, the next one we have to call a draw as well because <laughs> oh I don't think so I think I win this one by default <laughs> you win it by default but the fact that you've dropped Perez already just shows how uh underperforming uh, he, how he's underperformed um Perez has scored infinitely more points than <laughs> than your pick, who couldn't even be bothered to to sign for Man U. You know. Oh, okay, fine. I can get, I can let you edge that one, but that is that is the that is a last minute um, VAR penalty um, given against uh, against me that's cost me that one because Perez is yeah. has been terrible. Um, yeah. In the next round, we've got uh, Ian Acho and Maguire, and not through any real good performances. I think that's again got to go to Maguire. I think Ian Acho yeah. just not not been playing, but um, 
And, and United defence hasn't looked good, but it's, at least Maguire's playing. If he'd been dropped after those poor performances, it'd be a different story, but yeah, I think we have to go with it. Uh, next round, uh, how's that lineup for you? Well, it's, it's an easy win for you there, Ben Chilwell. Um, you know, I'm happy with with Bowley. He's a solid, solid defender. Yeah. But, uh, He's a but, bonus yeah, point. Uh, Bowley's a bonus point magnet with, and looks like one of the safe spots in that Wolves defence. So um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a close one, but I think, yeah, got to go Chilwell. Mm. Um, and in the next round, it's Sice versus uh, West Brom Pereira. Was that West Brom Pereira? Yeah. Well, I think we give that to Sice. It's a close one, um, again. But I think I know uh, he's dropped out now. But yeah. based on up to now, he's he's thoroughly outscored um, Pereira, who's been a bit disappointing. Disappointing, really. yeah. And I think you, that's why he's now dropped. Yeah, and I think you got to expect like Sice, like considering how Sice has performed at the back end of last season and so far this season, uh, and then dropped out the blue um you've got to expect him to reclaim that spot so um yeah good to edge it there and then we've got stevens versus schmeichel and de gea versus bulldog i think i'll give that two spots to you um mm-hmm. uh because bulldog was a, a auto draft by mistake <laughs> uh and <laughs> so, who were you going to draft there so i was I was looking a little, looking at a few things, but then I went to draft a keeper, and I was trying to find Larice, who had just been taken uh, the round before. Um, so yeah, I was trying to draft a keeper, uh, and in the end, I ended up getting someone in the next round, which was uh, Leno, which I'm pretty happy with. Um, and yeah, how do you rate that up against Dyer? Uh, I'd give that to Leno. It's a close call, but like you expect, like the one thing Arsenal do, ha- apart from in the Villa game, the one thing that um, Arsenal do have going for them is um, a tight defense, like defensive unit. And you're expecting him and Gabriel, like Gabriel, uh, I've got, um, and a few others to sort of uh, keep that run going. Um, and hopefully yeah. the Villa thing was just a blip. But with the. I mean, my with- rationale for drafting Dyer was that. I knew or he would play was predicting he was going to be the safest guy to, to get a spot. Totally. And and that's, that's what I was just about to say that like it, I think the only thing that's going for die is that you, you always feel like he's got a mistake in him or he's going to do something like dodgy, but he does seem to have that spot in the defense. And maybe that's just because he's, he's a nutter and Mourinho loves it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I think, yeah, so let's let's move on to the next one. I, and he speaks Portuguese. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> you forgot about that. Um, so next round we've got <laughs> a great matchup of Fabio Silva and uh, Lester Pereira. Um, <laughs> who, if I, I if mean, we're if we're going off the Sancho Perez thing, yeah, we can go I think off. you've got to take it. <laughs> this is a, by default. This is terrible. Uh, uh, way to win a win a match. I think Fabio Silva's just like n- not really done anything um, so far, and when they do look to turn to, they they have been turning to him a couple of times. Yeah, he's in f- four sub appearances, um, but uh, yeah, he's not really shown what what he can do. And with Wolves out of the League Cup, it looks I don't know when he is going to get the opportunity. So. Yeah, uh, unfortunate, <laughs> weird win by default there. Um, now we've got 
uh, tasty matchup. Uh, Martinez versus Walker Peters. What are your thoughts mm. there? It's evenish. Um... I think Walker Pe- Peters has been performing well um but Mar- i guess I, th- I would i'd probably give it to Martinez because i think for walker peters to get the win here he'd have to have done slightly better than the one assist yeah uh, that he's got um and that's yeah. probably the main disappointment yeah i, th- I think I, like i said i think it's 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 a really close one between between these two um but Martinez looks like potentially i think you've said it in a previous pod that uh could be the top keeper this this season and he does actually have just one less point than Fabianski um on 40 points so it's a close one but um yeah Martin- I think if anyone's going to be the new pope I think it's probably yeah. I, I, I did pope, anticipate pope that. certainly doesn't look like being the new pope this year <laughs> I did anticipate that you were just just throwing some juju my way uh, when you said that on a podcast before, but Martinez does seem to just keep getting the the points, and I hope that I uh, I realise this um, soon enough and just start to play him a bit more. Um, like for example, if I just played him last week instead of Leno, <laughs> I'd be in a better pl- place. But um, yeah, I'm happy with those two keepers anyway. And then final round, we've got Lamp D versus Sigurdsson. Um, yeah, easy. Lamp yeah, tea. I think Sigo's like it. It's good to see that he's he's back in um, contention and does have like he is the sort of like first player they turn to if any of those players are injured. So your Gomez or your Richarlison or Hamez, any of the players, if any of them are out, like Sigurdsson's probably the one that's going to slot in. Um, yeah, but he's not really like and his get, performances look better. They def- they when definitely he has do. Come in. Yeah, hundred percent. But he's not he's not getting those goals and assists that he was two seasons ago. So um, I can understand why you you drafted him there um, just to see if he he gets in on that Everton um, forward line. Maybe he would he would have been the one that started instead of Gomez, for example. But mm-hmm. it's just not come off. And with that last one, we've gone um, eight six to. Uh, myself and mm-hmm. I wish that was reflected in the league table um, <laughs> <laughs> where you are um, uh, 14 points ahead of me but um, it's very tight it's very tight and yeah there's there's still a couple of madness things to happen we've got uh, we're about to embark on the Shook Ones Cup um, but I think the the weirdest thing to happen is the double game weeks coming up, not only with the missed game weeks uh, when Manchester United, uh, Burnley, I think it was Villa and um, City didn't play a game, but we've also got a weird, I think it's 17th or 18th game week when we're going to have one game week with five game week fixtures and another one with 15. Um, so there's some utter madness coming up. Um Yeah. So yeah, it's it's very tight in our league table, um, apart from bottom, um, and I think he's been hard done by by uh, the waivers. But uh, yeah, lots of things to still happen this season, for sure. Um, so did you want to highlight any just before we wrap things up? Any ones who you're still 
who've maybe started badly that you're tipping to have a blinder or vice versa any any names that stand out for you i mean i'm obviously hoping that having uh traded in aguero and drafted greenwood that they are going to, to still term uh uh form uh they're still going to be good in terms of picks Pulisic, you're gonna, you've got to hope that, like, like you said, like we said with Aguero, that he's gonna put a run together. But he just does have that, like, just injuries at every opportunity. Um, got injured in the warm up the other, the other week, which is frustrating. Um, any, any that stand out for you? I think Abamyang is is someone I'd st- I'm still backing to come good and be, you know, there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, in terms of players that are sort of flattering to deceive so far, I mean, when you look at the top performers at the moment, um, you know, Kane, Son, Salah, Graylish, Vardy, um, Bamford is really the only name that, that sticks out. Um, you then got Calvert-Lewin and Wilson following him. Those three players potentially, you know, you, you wouldn't be surprised if one or two of them went on a bit of a barren spell. Um, but otherwise, I think the most of the performances, most of the good performers we've seen so far are all pretty much as expected. It's more that we've had some, I think we've just had some disappointments rather than, than players coming out of nowhere to, to post big scores. Yeah, agreed. And then I guess last, maybe last couple of ones, uh, what, how do you feel about Firmino? Do you, do you think that he's going to turn it around? How do you feel about Jota's positioning? coming into that side yeah I mean just forgetting everything and just watching Firmino he, he just doesn't look like a particularly good player at the moment um, shooting's off um, you know he's just he's never really just does not look like he's going to score at the moment and yeah it wouldn't surprise me to see Jota getting his spot in a more straight swap rather than all four of them playing which will obviously impact his his value. Um, I think he's probably still too good to end up on a lot of waiver piles, yeah. depending on how many managers are in your league. You're probably sort of stuck with him unless you can get some trade value for. I mean, it could all change. You know, if, if Liverpool go on a bit of a demolition run where they're, they're smashing teams 5-0 every other week, then you have to expect him to get some part of that yep. pie but it just doesn't look likely at the moment yeah I think like I think when Thiago is back uh, he obviously suffered that injury uh, against Everton I don't know what the timeline is on that but you'd expect maybe there's a sort of switch up in formation where Thiago is doing the sort of the playmaking from midfield um, and then perhaps Jota slots in up front um, rather than Firmino being the one that's sort of tasked with doing more of the creativity so yeah, probably some something to watch there that perhaps as Thiago comes back in, Firmino maybe drops out or something like that. So yeah, we'll see. So that's it for this feature episode during the second international break. Um, bit of a longer one this week, which I know some of you uh, enjoy more than the, the punchier week-to-week ones. Obviously, we can get into, you know, chew the fat a little bit more and and talk about more players than we normally would. Um, hopefully from our discussion as well, it gives you a bit more of an idea of 
of where we're kind of placing players in general at the moment, especially when you're trying to rank them and, and trying to value some, some trades that you might have in the offing. Um, that brings me on to uh, the next podcast, which will be happening this international break with another fellow manager, which will be specifically talking about player trading, um, which Kieran, I'm sure you'll be uh, tuning into that one. Um, I'm surprised of, of the manager that's going to be in it because um, not seen him do many trades uh, lately, but uh, well, I'm definitely interested to hear his thoughts. That's that's for sure. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I'm probably in the same boat. I'm not really a prolific trader, definitely more of a, a trade philosopher than a trade <laughs> doer. I mean, um, I, I could definitely see how you, you see the value in trades and that sort of thing. And uh, perhaps seen as Oracle as uh, by some of the managers, uh, a go-to person to uh, to chat to about trades. Whereas, yeah, Hitesh, I'm def- definitely interested to hear his thoughts considering the trade that sticks out in my mind. He's He was trying to get my thoughts. He was trying to get your thoughts. Uh, I was at my brother's wedding. He was trying to get my thoughts. Um so yeah, I'm very interested. The draft to... waits for no man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, <laughs> I'm very interested to hear his thoughts on the matter. Yeah. So in that episode, we'll be going through you know, everything really, just practicalities, deadlines, timings, um, a bit on negotiating, structuring the deals, um, some sort of creative deals in terms of loans or, or kind of players that are going to get wavered out straight away. And obviously... Um, the kind of important subject which is key to everything which is how you value each side of the deal um, and how your kind of motivations for doing the deal might might play into it so it should be a good one and as I said that that will be coming out um, probably next week before we get back into the Premier League so as always if you've enjoyed this then please subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes uh, follow us on Twitter at FPL Draft Hub Pod. Uh, feel free to message me on there. I know a few of you have reached out over the last couple of weeks with some feedback and questions, which has been great to hear. Um, and make sure you check out fpldrafthub.com, which uh, where we get our name from. The site is pretty much um, there now in terms of the functionality, so you can sign up for free and get some personalized stats for your team and your draft league. And you also have access to the draft universe function, which is what I refer to a lot on the uh, on the week-to-week game week previews where I'm, I'm pulling out ownership stats from across all of the different draft leagues. And as I said, that's not special information that only I'm privy to. If you sign up, you can see all of those numbers yourself too. So... Thanks again, Kieran, for joining me. No doubt you'll be back at some point soon. Yeah, cheers for having me, Mitch. Uh, Probably in the next international break, although I don't know when that is. Um, Neither do I, actually. This will be where I seamlessly edit in (laughs) the dates. Let's have a look. Just you shouting. (laughs) There possibly isn't another one this side of... No, I don't think um, there is this side of new year now so it's going to be pretty much into the slog after this international break so the first game back um is going to be either friday the 20th or 
Saturday the 21st. So pretty much you can kind of count that as the beginning of the festive period where the games will be coming thick and fast. So, yeah. So um, thanks for listening. Uh, Best of luck. Hope you uh, enjoy some of the international games. Do try and enjoy them. Um, And as always, stay shook. Actually, I don't know. What what your thoughts were? Actually, maybe we've been talking too much. I think Uh, let's (laughs) let's end the pod there. But yeah.